our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's going on? No Bad Dog Army. Happy Monday. I hope you guys are all so well. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening to me. I mean, it's, it means a lot to me. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, so today's podcast is a good one with one of my online clients, per usual. Uh, really quick, I wanted to let you guys know that we have some guests coming on the podcast. I know uh, that you guys like the guests. They are coming on. I have a couple buddies coming on. Actually, three buddies coming on. Uh, two of them have never been on the podcast before. Uh, I know you guys are going to be very excited about that. So they are coming this month, moving into next month. So I'm super stoked on that. Make sure you guys pay attention to all the uploads and all that fun stuff. Uh, if you guys don't know, at the end of the podcast, I answer your dog training questions that you leave in the iTunes review. There's no other way to really communicate with me via podcast. It's the only way I can really talk to you guys who listen to this. So at the end, I'm going to be answering more dog training questions. Uh, so make sure you guys listen to the end. This is a podcast with a dog owner that went through e-collar training and we kind of, maybe they introduced it wrong or maybe they introduced it in a way that doesn't benefit the dog and the owner and then she went to the other end of the spectrum and worked with somebody who didn't believe in ever telling the dog no and so now the dog is reactive and she doesn't know if she should go outside, she doesn't know what she should do when she has people over, she doesn't know what she should do. So it's a great podcast just going over all that stuff, things that you guys for sure work on at home. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you haven't joined the official No Bad Dog Members Club, if you guys like my YouTube videos, you'll love the Members Club. It is the full-length uncut version. Click the link in the bio to check it out. Also, big thanks to my sponsors of the podcast, Dogtra and Herm Springer. As you guys know, I only use the best of the best with it when it comes to dog training equipment. It's the only thing that I suggest for you guys to use. Dogtra makes the e-collar that I use, of course, the Tom Davis 280C. And Herm Springer makes all the other fun collars that we use to help dogs and their owners all over the world. So thank you guys for the sponsors. Let's get into the podcast. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. I don't know if you heard that, but as soon as I said hello to you, my dog started growling. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I'm doing good. Um, calling today about my dog Bella. She's about a year and a half old. Um, okay. Has some has some issues. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where to start. Let's see, because I feel like they all maybe affect each other. Yeah. Um, How, what what breed is she? Is Bella? So she's a mix. She is, we did the embark thing. So she's a pit, lab, beagle, bloodhound, pointer, and American Staffshire Terrier. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. She's a mutt of all mutts. <laughs> oh, she is. She's uh, about 48 pounds. So 
on so, the smaller side of a yeah dog. yeah and I but know, strong yeah strong as anything those are all strong breeds for sure so what's going on what's what's your problems what's your concerns so biggest one i think is she is super reactive to people coming into the home mm-hmm. um and it's definitely based of like out of fear like she's she's even at home like she hears a car door shut or she hears a noise you know there's growling or she hears people talking outside then it's barking hair standing up on the back of her neck um mm-hmm. we pr- i'll say i i we had previously done training with um a group called canine on off leash no off leash canine yep. that's it with the e-collar and that was when she was about seven months eight months old mm-hmm. um and that was mainly for obedience because at the time it wasn't that whole barking stuff that wasn't really developed yet um and we found that you know it, i feel like it's worked really well with the trainer um but when when i did it it would work sometimes or you have to click so many times you know it could be you know user error obviously um yeah. but it also didn't help with like you know we were told to any bad behavior off you know off with the with the clicker the clicker doesn't you help. mean the remote yes okay got it um that didn't help with the reactivity especially with guests we would try off we would try place she would break place she would you know mm-hmm. still go out them and what she'll do is she'll she'll bark she'll lunge she always had a leash on her so we never had a bite situation but i wouldn't be surprised that that would happen okay so um, let me just pull back a little bit so sure. y- your dog is a year and a half Mm-hmm. And your main concern and main problem is her reacting and barking and doing all the stuff you don't like when guests come over. Yes, and then it translates to it started to translate up to outside sometimes. Um, it depends on where we are. So like if you step out the front door and someone's there, she's not expecting mm-hmm. like a neighbor mm-hmm. barks. Um, I used to live somewhere for a period of time with a fence, and if she was outside, you know she would bark at anyone past walking past the fence and you know, while that behavior is annoying, I mean, it should, should probably led to the reactivity, but it's not a big of a problem as going after people, which I'm but I, I guess it's the same. It's just the fence in between. Um, mm. so that's, that's, that's the most dangerous issue I should say. Um, but I'm sure our other issues feed into this. So, um, so she's super, she's, she's anxious and fearful. Um, specifically at the vet, the way that's different is that the way the fear presents itself at the vet is, well, we're not, I'm not allowed in because they're still doing the whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so she doesn't lunge at people. She doesn't growl at people. She doesn't bark. She doesn't try and bite. She just shakes and squirms and wails like a banshee is what they say that they can't (laughs) do anything to her to the point where she had to be sedated for her recent just annual exam and shots. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's a little bit more, uh, I would say, air quotes normal than, you know, some of the other stuff that you're dealing with. Um, you know, because if you're, I, I guess my point is, is that that's not as surprising, I guess yes. I should say, just because a lot of dogs don't really like the vets. So, okay. <clears throat> what else? Um, so recently she's been really fearful in the car. I don't know if it's because she thinks she's going to the vet. I, you know, I don't think that dog, I don't know if dogs think of that forward thinking. Um, 
but to the point where we get in the car and she just shakes. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Uh, so she just like actually shakes? Like you think like she's a she, Yeah, she's yeah. physically shaking okay. as soon as she gets into the car, even the car's not moving. Um, the windows help a little bit, but you can only, I don't, I don't, she, you know, pants back and forth and yeah. I don't like to have the windows open on the highway. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. Okay. And then, yep. and then most like something else that I think, you know, obedience as far as beach manners, mm -hmm. she, like I, I bring her to a tennis court all the time. We practice, she listens, she heals, she, um, comes, but you it's immediately you get her into an area where there's smells like more smells or more anything pulls on the leash doesn't heal and she would do okay with the e-collar when she was when she was healing but you'd have to click like you'd have to get up there and you'd be like multiple times and she really wanted to smell something she would be like like she's my language like fuck you mom i'm gonna do this anyway mm -hmm. um yeah so um yes so a couple things is uh, you know i hear this a lot where it's my dog listens great until reality sets in. So that's, yeah. that's really, you know, that's more of your obedience than anything. So mm -hmm. if your dog can listen under circumstances that are beneficial for them, where there's not many distractions, but as soon as reality hits in and then that goes out the window, then that as a professional, that means they just don't know it well enough and, okay. or there's a lack thereof certain things. But my point is, is like, oh yeah, that's the best, that's the best soccer player, best basketball player that's ever lived. But when they step onto the field, they melt. Yeah, <laughs> who, I wouldn't say she's the best. But... Yeah, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm reiterating kind of what you said. It's like, yeah, she comes, she heals, she sits, she. But as soon as there's distractions, boom, it all goes out the window. So, as a professional, she doesn't, she won't do anything because right. it doesn't matter what she can do privately because you don't need that. What you, you're working privately on her obedience. To, to utilize uh, in reality training. So if she can't do it in reality, then what's the point? That's exactly. that's kind of what I'm saying. So anyway, that's fine. That That's normal too. It's like, oh, my dog listens great until the wind XYZ. happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, and so just some, for more background, um, as the reactivities increase, so let me just like set a stage for you. Um, we sure. would go down to my parents' house and my uncle was there. He came to visit. She never met him before. He's a tall man. Um, and, you know, he comes in the house, bark, bark, bark. I have her on a leash. I put her in a sit. She'll stay in the sit because she's on the leash, but she'll, you know, you know, make all kinds of noises and bark. Mm -hmm. We're all sitting that down. We're all fine. She's chewing on her bone. The second he stands up, makes a movement. Uh-uh. It's not okay. Like, mm -hmm. then it starts again. Um, and that's kind of the theme of how any kind of guest visit comes. Um, if it's a woman, it, the generally same behavior, but just a more high pitched bark. Yeah. Okay. So when you're okay. And that makes sense too. All of that makes sense. Uh, as far as like a reactive dog. So typically when dogs are maybe suspicious or reactive or whatever we want to call it, they will get, they will familiarize themselves with the environment or the situation that you're in. So they will uh, be like, okay, this is the, this is the environment. This is the setting. And, and then they get comfortable. So say that, say that your uncle or whatever is just sitting on the couch and she's like, all right, I'm good with this. 
And then you as a dog owner are like, well, okay, she's good. Ten minutes later, he gets up to go to the kitchen and she freaks out. And then you're confused because you're like, what the heck happened? Nothing's changed. Everything changed for the dog. Right. You know, so that's normal too. Uh, when you get a reactive dog that, and dog owners get kind of confused. I'm not saying it's, um, I'm not saying it's appropriate and I'm not saying you, we can't get around it. All of them. I kind of just point, I'm, I'm categorizing some of the things that you're saying and just letting you know, like the vet makes total sense because typically dogs go to the vet twice a year and they get poked, prodded or pricked with something. Not a lot of fun, especially when you can't go in there. Um, that can make things worse, sometimes make things better. And then the car thing is another very natural thing. Some dogs do not like getting in a tin piece of metal and going 30 to 70 miles per hour down the road without having any understanding of what's going on. And that's another one of those very anxious, there, there's no training involved with that. There's no training involved with the vet stuff. It's like the thunder. My dog's afraid of thunder. There's no training that you can do. There's things that you can do to desensitize. There's things that you can proactively do to prepare, but you're mm-hmm. kind of out of that, that time frame. So those are types of things that you can start to desensitize. So for the, for the, uh, the car thing, again, it's kind of like motion sickness with people. Like there's some people, majority of people don't have it, but there's some people who have it really bad and they can't get on planes well. They can't travel more than, you know, half an hour well. And some people haven't, some people don't. And there's nothing, hey man, just knock it off. It's just a plane. It's like, I can't, I cannot knock it off. (laughs) I'm literally sick right now. So it's kind of like that with dogs too, is they get into this thing, they go really fast, um, the dog paces back and forth. So there's things you can do. Again, there's certain potential sedatives like maybe CBD or if you're going for a long drive, there's certain medications that you can give dogs. But some dogs, like again, it's the same thing with thunder. Some dogs who are afraid of thunder, I can't, you or me or anybody can't sit them down and say, hey, it's just thunder. It's just the way that the world works. They don't understand that. So there's things that you can do, like crating your dog could help, desensitizing your dog to the car and just not going anywhere and putting them in the car. But a lot of times in my experience with dogs being kind of afraid of cars, if you will, or the car ride, because some dogs can't, my dog is, I'm looking at my dog right now in the car and my, I mean, they, they can't get out of the car, right? I'm serious. Like I'm above my, my garage here looking at my car. I can see my dog in there because I put her in there. So Anyway, there's some dogs who can't live without it, and there's some dogs who just get very anxious with it. So there's just certain things that you have to really audit and weigh out to see, okay, my dog hates the car, so if I'm going to put my dog in the car, it's because they need to go somewhere, and it's whatever. Um, So anyway, there's, like I said, there is some desensitization things you could do by putting her into the car and not going anywhere, maybe feeding her in the car, getting her out, coming back in, and just kind of desensitizing the whole car thing. But, again, with my experience, it's the motion that dogs don't like. It's not necessarily the car. Sure, yeah. It's the um, same same thing with the vet. As you'd go to, okay, hey, I'm going to, that's just a hard thing with COVID right now is because some places are open, some places aren't. Um, right. So it's, di- it's difficult for everybody, including the dogs, the vets, the owners. So that's the other thing is you could say, hey, can I come into the lobby? once a week, you know, whatever. But if they're like, no, then it's like, okay, then you just have to almost deal with it at that point. Cause 
you'd have to spend time training the vet techs and the and they don't they're not going to likely right, do no. any of that so <laughs> so you just so again you just have to really there's there's battles you have to pick you know it's like you have to be realistic with the battles you can pick of things you can control and that that's just like for me that's how i deal with just life in general is like if i can't control it i i can't worry about it and so you know there when your dog is very stressed about something that's literally out of your hands but they need it like going to the vet twice a year to go and get their shots or get checked out. I mean, just bite the bullet, get in there. I know it sucks. They come out and they say, ah, she was crazy. Like, okay, yeah, she doesn't like you guys. And then go on, (laughs) you know, go on with your day. I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't, you know, take it home with you and be like, man, that was such a terrible experience. It's like, it it is, it is what it is, unfortunately. That's just my two cents on that stuff. No, I like that. Um, Like overall, I guess, I also just feel like, you know, I want her to know that in any situation, especially with a leash or whatever inside with guest cover, like I have the situation that I'm in, I'm the boss mm-hmm. and I, that's something that she doesn't have like outside, no right. little to no engagement with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that is something that we can talk about. That's stuff that you can definitely uh, start to change. Um, so yeah, we can dive into that a little bit. So let's talk about the reactivity outside and the reactivity inside and so let's let's paint a picture here. You're you're at your home, friend and family comes in. What happens? Um, so if it's someone, she'll bark regardless. So so I don't. We're kind of traveling right now, so she is crazy when I leave. But sometimes she's not when I used to live at a permanent location. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I got home, sometimes I'd be like bark bark. Oh no, it's just mom. Um, if say my dad were to come to the door, it'd be like bark, 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 run to the door and start crying. Um, because she loves my dad. If it's someone else, I don't, well, I, I make them, <laughs> I don't, I told them they cannot come in until they let me know that they're here and I'll, you know, so I usually put a leash on her. I'll put her in a sit or place, mm-hmm. um, knowing that she might break it. Um, so I'll stand next to her. And then I'll let them know that they can come in and then she'll bark, 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 bark. She'll try and get to them. Most likely she'll break whatever command she's in. Um, and I'll put her right back in a sit. Um, and then she'll start making noises. Just, you know, like frustration. She can't yeah. get to them and then barking. She'll settle down eventually, especially if they're in one area, not moving. <laughs> and then again, if they were to get up, like my friend came over for dinner and Bella was Bella took a nap on the couch. We were eating dinner. We were whatever. Went to do the dishes. That's when it started up again. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do you? Do? I understand that portion. What are you doing when this happens? So any. So I understand anybody comes in. It's an immediate alert bark. It's immediate. Somebody's here. If it's dad, oh, we're cool. I'm happy. If it's somebody we don't know, it could go the other way. What are you doing? Um. I'm usually next to her. Well, like, so if we're having dinner and I'm like, I know she's okay. She's sleeping. That's fine. You know, I'll be at the table with my friend. We both get up. We go in the kitchen. I'm, my eyes are on Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, she starts to come in. Leash. She's, leash is always on. Leash goes in my hand. Um, sometimes I crate her. Uh, it depends. Um, How does she do in the crate? Um, fine. She'll, like, if people are here, she'll cry for a while. Yeah. And whine and growl eventually she's, she'll settle down um i did that recently when a couple of people she didn't know were over at my parents house and uh, i brought her down to go to the bathroom 
and she walked by um and then <laughs> lunged at one of the women as as we were walking by who was just sitting down um okay um was she on the leash yes okay what type so of i pulled her okay. um it was it's a six foot i don't know probably probably one that you wouldn't recommend um like one of them just normal one, like i think it's nylon or whatever uh okay like a collar yep so what about a collar collar is wait just the regular collar yeah like so you're just you just have her on a flat collar and a leash is that what you're saying yes sometimes i, I have okay. a slip read but it's rope which again i don't think is the best okay um yeah i mean I, i'm not familiar like i'm not an expert obviously in leash pressure and teaching her leash pressure so i don't feel confident enough yeah to try obviously and mess it up um, okay. Yeah. So when you're, okay, a couple different things is, yeah, obviously you, you want to teach her what she should be doing instead of the things that she shouldn't be doing. So there's a lot of countering that goes in. There's a lot of suppression. There's a bit of compulsion that goes in getting her to do stuff she really doesn't want to do. Meaning she's like, I got to go protect the house. I got to go, I got to go get this person out of here. And you're like, no, that's right. just my friend. You actually don't have to do that. You're good. Right. So there's suppression, there's compulsion, there's training, there's obedience. Um, there's all of that kind of blended in together and you have to, that's kind of like the, the magic sauce of getting things to work. Um, you have to turn stuff on to turn stuff off. You have to take away stuff. You have to add stuff. It's like ding, 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 ding. It's like a constant thing. And, it, and it's, it's like any, I don't know how to explain it. It's like maybe playing a sport It's like, you're just constantly switching gears. The, the game can change so quick and you have to be able to be okay yeah we're, move, we're okay balls balls in our hands now balls in their hands okay it's re, you know it's all that stuff it's just constant mm -hmm. evolution and constant changing and so um when you're when you're doing this type of stuff you you want to give her an opportunity to be successful by asking her to do something that she knows well how to do so if you can ask her to go to her place or um, sit and stay or any of that stuff while she's um while she's working on uh, kind of dealing with these people that are in the house, I mean, that's going to be the best thing for you to do in, in the beginning is instead of just like having her try to figure something out or how to figure this person out or maybe how to deal with the person that's in front of them, what you should do is say, hey, this is what I want you to do differently. So go to you. It's kind of like, I don't know, I have nieces and I'm a huge people watcher. Behavior in general, human, dog, giraffe, hippo is just so, I mean, that's everything to me. And it's just like so cool to watch. So anyway, behavior in general, like if you see somebody out with like a toddler or a young child and mm -hmm. they're trying to say, hey, me, pay attention. I know Mickey Mouse. Is I know you want your mashed potatoes. <laughs> I know you want your, hey, pay attention. This is what we're doing. Okay, okay. And you just, you have to have, because if not, when you're out, you have this chaotic, gimme, 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 gimme. And, and then they, they pick and choose what they want to do. And then you're just hanging on, you're pulling them back. It's like this whole thing. So really what, what you want to do, and I know that if you've watched anything or listened to anything of mine, you, you've heard me say this before. It's really about your, your foundational stuff of when a person comes in, she's going to say, I got to check your ID. If I know you, we're good. If I don't, there's going to potentially be a problem. And that, you want to you want to step on that before it gets to that point mm -hmm. so that's where again obedience comes in so if somebody came like one of our we uh, we have a warehouse in, in i run a 
I run a lot of my stuff out of my house. So we have people coming and going all the time. So when they come in, Lakota, my shepherd, gets excited. She's like, oh, somebody's here. I'm going to go check it out. And I don't care because that's, that's, that's what she likes to do, and it, they don't care. But if it was like a delivery man or a serviceman or somebody who she wasn't supposed to go up and be in their face and kiss and whack her tail off the walls, I would use obedience to counter that. I'd say, go to your, go to your bed, and I'd say, down and stay. And again, that would be suppression. That would be compulsion. I'm forcing you to do something you do not want to do against your will because you can't, you can't have chocolate cake in bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> like, I know what right. you want, but you can't have it. So do you think your obedience is to a point where you could... Well, you already told me it's really not, but no, do, yeah, you, no. do you have a place command and a stay? Like a targeted yeah. area? Okay. So it's not going to, listen, it's not going to, I'm I'm not naive to say, oh, just do place and stay and everything's done. I, I understand that that's not going to solve your problem. However, right now you have to really be assertive in situations in the in-between. So when you're out with her and you're working with her, uh, the slip leash is probably going to be the best option for her right now in the house. Uh, well, it's going to be better than a flat collar. I have slip leashes on my website that are top notch. Um, that's why I get them because they're th- the tab that holds the leash in place is is nice and it actually works. Um, but that's going to be a really nice opportunity for you to be assertive. So I, I would I would agree to what you're doing right now is keeping her on the leash because she is kind of like a loaded cannon, and if anybody. <laughs> raises their hand to grab a glass of water she might say oh we're under attack and freak out right and then that's where you would say leave it and then you'd correct her for that behavior so there is certain intervention type of assertive training that you'll do if you're getting very wildly inappropriate behavior that is potentially dangerous so of course i talked about we want to give her an opportunity to do the right thing before we correct her but we don't live in la la land and Sometimes that doesn't that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, she knows place, but she got up and bit somebody anyway. Well, sometimes that shit happens, and you just have to make sure that you have the assertive ability to to kind of shut it off right when it's happening. And if you're using the flat collar, and listen, I'm really big on what works. So you could tell me that you. It definitely does not. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I, I'm just. I just. I, I have this conversation a lot, and I'm not trying to. You know, I don't benefit at all to, to, to anything of you using different tools. I'm just saying, if you had a Harry Potter wand and you said, this works, I say, hell yeah, abracadabra, let's go. <laughs> but it just, the flat collar typically because of the lack of action on the collar just doesn't work. And you, you know that. So if you switch to a slip, I think it'll give you a more bigger opportunity to correct her in the act as she's doing it instead of just holding her back. So we can actually start teaching her that what she's doing is wrong instead of just holding her back and then telling your cousin that, oh, put her away. <laughs> so that's, I would switch to the slip. If the, if the slip you have right now you're not comfortable with because it slides down and it doesn't stay in the right position, you can go on my website at buynobaddogs.com and you can get one of my slips that has a really hard plastic um, stopper so it doesn't move, it stays into position. And if you put it right behind the ears, that correction yep. typically is enough to to stop her from what she's doing. Okay. And then I forgot to mention that when the reactivity was getting really bad, mm-hmm. you know, we, and that e collar wasn't working, 
we looked to another tra trainer and yeah he's uh i guess positive trainer. i was just gonna say you probably went and, to the other end of the spectrum right and um i guess his biggest thing was like he was his thing was like wanting to form a positive association between people like for her sure and so we would go to public places walk around we would go to different stores say hello 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 um see if like if she would sniff someone like good treats 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 lots of treats mm -hmm. issue is you know also his big thing was like okay well once she gets like let her get to the end of the leash and then then you stop like it's like i think it's mm -hmm. like the tree method or something and i'm like but if she's at the end of the leash i have no control over her right and, and then she's a liability so like, right yeah and then and then he was big big on no obviously no e-collar no whatever and so now i'm at the point where i'm like <laughs> would I need to reintroduce the e-collar? Yeah. Is there a conditioning period? And then, yeah, I forgot that you did that. Sorry. Um, yeah, the, the, okay. And as you, you're learning and as you're yes. even learning with me in current time is everybody has their own different ways. And I like to be truly as balanced as possible. I, I would, I'm going to have kids in the future. I was a kid at once time in my life. Um, I know for a fact that 90 seven percent of the entire world's population serves off of pretty much operant conditioning of understanding that there is consequences for actions to some degree yep. and it doesn't matter if you live in an area that doesn't have a lot of fresh water and you drink it all you're in trouble or you're in an area that you're speeding past a cop in louisville going 100 in the 50 you're going to get in trouble so there's my point is is there's i'm really big on a what works and b what's fair and i think in these types of circumstances i'm just giving you my input is a lot of dog owners unfortunately find themselves kind of bouncing between two very polar opposites of the spectrum and you, you're not really finding that secret sauce in the middle which is why i try to create because i'm a dog owner dog lover way first before professional i just have the reason why i'm a professional is because i have the the education and i have the 14 years under my belt of doing it every day so i understand where you're coming from and so with the e-collar it is a it is obviously a great tool it's a great tool to utilize off leash it's a great tool to give your dog off leash freedom it's a great tool to communicate hold your dog accountable off leash and then there's obviously positive reinforcement which is associating what you are doing is kind of associating people with the food but what the problem is is I don't like I don't like putting the success of the 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 actual outcome on somebody I can't control. Kind of like yeah. what we were talking about earlier with the vet and the car is your success is predicated off of the owner not reaching down to pet the dog because they assumably looked calm and potentially friendly and then that your dog bites them in the hand because you let them off okay no no correction tools no nothing we put the dog on a harness or a flat collar they go to the end of the collar um, they don't bite this person, you pay them, that person reaches out to pet the dog or they lean down to, to kiss the dog in the face because they love dogs and they get bit. I mean, that's just all a mess to me. Right. So you want to have a little bit of both. And I would just, if the e-collar worked for you, that's great. Um, in my experience, in my personal experience with the off-leash uh, dog training, it's a franchise. So yep. every single franchise trains so different the only thing that's consistent is the remote collar that they have in their hands and that they sell to the owners. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say. I don't have anything good to say, but I will say that they are very inconsistent. And I've seen dogs come out of that program on many different levels, sometimes great, sometimes terrible. But 
again, it's a huge franchise. It's it's a quality control thing. It has nothing to do with maybe the franchise itself. However, I, I guess my point is is the the, the e collar is is the way that I train it is an assistance and or a a a graduating step. Like the e collar is your your residency, right? That's your, okay, after yes. I'm done with all of the information, all the education, all the training, now I'm actually applying this stuff at the very end. And so if because, you don't... Yeah, now you can reach yeah. your dog from afar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just reinforcing behaviors off leash that they already know well. The problem is, is, is from what you've already told me, is your dog doesn't know the behaviors well enough to really reinforce them. Um, so no, and with the e-collar, she, she knew, knew when it was on and when it was off. Right. Because you're primarily using it in association for a correction or a reversive. So when you, again, this particular trainer, typically, um, they, they introduce it immediately in the beginning as a correction. If you don't listen, the levels get intense. And so of course the dog's going to say, okay, this means that therefore I'll listen better. I'll become collar aware and whatever, but it doesn't, it, it only, it just in my again in my experience, it almost teaches them that if they don't listen, they get in trouble. But sometimes they don't know what they need to listen to, right. and sometimes they don't know what to do. So anyway, um, if you want to go back to the e collar, you can. What was your levels at? Just curious. What were you using? Um, on a walk, like eighteen for her to, for her to heal mm-hmm. or more. Okay. And um, for like a correction, what would it be? She would say like a 30 if you want her to not do something again. Like okay. If she's doing something she should never be doing. Mm-hmm. And that was, ne- yeah. Okay. Never. So, okay. Got it. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not here to, to dismantle anything. I'm just here to help you. So my conditioning levels, typically when I'm out just training and reinforcing things and basically saying, Hey buddy, do you you feel me? This is me. Okay, cool. I can talk to you. Walkie talkie over. I usually am on a four, five, six, less than 10. And then my corrective levels would be about that 30. Um, and the colors that they use go up to hundred, the colors that I use go up to 127. So they're a little bit different outputs, but Um, regardless of the circumstances. Um, If you're out and you're conditioning on an 18, like that, that just means that your, your conditioning level is, is a corrective level on some other training because it was introduced. So once you, this is the way I explain it is, is, is if you like a really hot shower or you like really hot water, just in general, if you're washing your hands or you're taking a shower, once you turn it all the way up, you can't get any hotter. And a lot of people, they kind of introduce the remote collar the same as once they turn it up as this correction of an 18 where it's pretty intense and they can right. feel it and they're they're like looking at you like, hey, what the hell is this thing, right? Yeah. Sometimes they, they don't really get this, they they're, they don't really get the small picture of like the lukewarm water where they're like, oh yeah, this is kind of warm. I can, I can understand this. They're like, oh, I really, I need that hotter water though. Now you can't really go up because you already started off too hot. Anyway, so kind of getting off topic there, I, I would... I would continue to use the remote collar if it's helpful because that's what's the biggest thing. But what I would do is go back and maybe listen to some of my YouTube videos on how to introduce it at a lower level. And in in conjunction, using the, the stuff that we talked about um, with the the conditioning of the place and the sit and the stay and maybe even the leave it, I would go back down and almost, re- to, to what you said, almost reintroduce the remote collar to those conditioning things and use them way before you actually 
need them in, in reality. Okay. And I'm definitely, I mean, I came specifically to you because I watched your videos and I agree with your methods and I, I think what you say makes sense. Um, Thank you. So, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so I'm also just looking for, like, I'm particularly interested in doing some type of training with your academy. I'm just not mm -hmm. sure which thing would f fit best for her. Okay. Where are you from? Um, I'm currently residing in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Okay. Not too far. Um, okay. <laughs> You're probably thinking like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I get people from all over. So to me, that's not too bad. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. So it's Perfect. not nothing's far. That's great. That's the best dog owner. Okay. So as far as my programs go at the facility is I, <clears throat> so it's, it's interesting. Like the Upstate Canine Academy, I, we have two locations. One's daycare, one's our training. I own both of them. I'm there periodically once a week. I don't train there because I'm, I have such an other big business at home, like doing this and doing all the other media stuff that we do. But so when you work with the facility, you're working with my other trainers who have trained under me and they follow very similar training methods and exercises and tools and all that stuff. Um, but they're, you know, they do private training, they do board and trains. And then with me, what, what my program is, is we do it depending on the month, we do it like twice a month where you come and you work with me for a weekend. So if you watch my YouTube videos, yep. the videos that you're seeing of the people working, those are all my out of states. So those are people coming in typically twice a month. We usually do three at the max in the summer when it's nice and we can go outside, we'll do four, but it's a three day program. It's a, so I'll break it down. Thursday would be a 9am session for you. And then you would come back at one thirty. And then we would do a crate and rotate with all the other dogs, which would be two other dogs. So we crate and rotate. So it's like a seminar, crate and rotate until about four. And then you come back again on Friday at 9 a.m. And then same thing. We go, you come back at 1.30, we do a crate and rotate. And then on Saturday would be your, um, your kind of your graduation. And that's where all the reactive dogs typically kind of pass their tests and they're calm and they're in group class and they're doing well. So there's that option for you. Or there's the board and train option, um, which I think because of the lack of foundation that you have, I think either mm -hmm. of them would be okay. The benefits of the board and train is you'd get more reps in pros and cons. You'd get more reps in with the obedience and the obedience will be stronger when you get her back. You spend about an hour, hour and a half, sometimes longer if you want it. Um, some people come from like Arizona or California and they're, they really want like a two hour pickup, which is fine. We can accommodate and we go over all the things that we've worked on. Um, but again, two hours compared to mm -hmm. the dog being there for two to four weeks is not that comparable, but some dogs do great with it because the owners have to go home and do the homework. Some dog right. owners <clears throat> like me, uh, prefer more of a hands-on teach me yep. how to do things. And that's where my program comes in. Um, is it's essentially less time with me and the dog, but it's, it's 10 times more time with me and you. And that's, to me, that's what's the most beneficial because the dog owners typically, as you know, are usually the problem in the scenario. Oh, and so sure. that's the, that's the pros and cons of both programs. Right. And that's important to me because I, I want to be taught like with the even with the, like the off-leash canine, it was like, great, you, she's doing great with you, but she yeah. needs to be doing great with me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, because you're not paying somebody to say, how good are you with dogs? Because you already know that. So that's that's my big thing is I'm not going to say, look what I can do. I, I actually don't 
touch the dog too much. I basically, mm-hmm. you know, you see my videos. You, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a class. You're getting taught how to be a better handler and and how to do things, and that's really the benefits of both worlds. I think the board and train is better for younger dogs, puppies, um, you know, people who are just like, hey, we got to get some of these basic kinks out of the way because it does get all the heart, the grunt work out of it. And there's not really a, I mean, we do have behavioral cases in our board and train for sure, but I have seen pickups where the dog immediately, you know, goes back to their old ways when the owner walks in through the door because the owners are the ones that's actually making this dog reactive or aggressive or fearful or protective. And so anyway, those are the pros and cons of both. They're both good. It's just, you know, they have different, uh, advantages. So I'm definitely doing it interested in doing the three-day thing um cool yeah it's fun we have we have a good time with it um i think we have one spot left in march i believe um if you wanted to really yeah if you wanted to get in i think we have so we have two weekends in march that we're doing and i think there's one slot left i would be so interested yeah (laughs) so down you can um yeah you could email us uh when we get off the phone or i can have my manager email you whatever is easier it doesn't matter but um, either way, probably they're your manager emailing. Okay. I can do that. So um, I would, I would say, um, just to kind of recap a little bit on what we talked about is getting back down to the basics using a slip leash, and then you could go lower on the conditioning levels and you can go on my YouTube and find my e-collar playlist to kind of get back into maybe the conditioning levels and when to hit the remote and when not to hit the remote and all that stuff. Um, and then just playing it safe. When people come in, you'd be working on a leave it command. You'd be working on your place, your sit, and your stay, and really kind of fine-tuning all that stuff. Okay. I was just going to ask, what do I do up until that point? Yeah, that would that would really be it is I can't – I mean, okay, somebody walks in, your dog barks, correct him and say leave it. But yep. – it's not that easy. I mean, so you have to, you have to do a lot of management because you don't want to bite off more than you can chew and just put your dog into a situation where they're likely going to fail to say, yeah, uncle, whatever, come over whenever. It's like, no, when you get here, text me or call me and let me know you're here. And so say, say Saturday at one, your family says we're coming over. Okay. So say it's Wednesday, like it is now Mm -hmm. today, tomorrow, Friday, you're going to be working on the place, the sit, the stay all week long. You're going to be working on incremental, uh, the three Ds is what I call it, incremental distance, distraction, and duration. So it'll be incremental vacuums, water bottles, going to the door, knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, talking to nobody, um, and really just start prepping and preparing. Your That's what training is in, on any account. Training is for reality. We're getting ready for the real thing. So you're going to be building up into that point and really building out your your distance, distraction, and duration. And that way, when your family comes over at Saturday at 1, you put the leash on. She's like, oh, back to work again. We've been doing this all week. No problem. Or in most cases, I always say, back to work again. I've been doing this all year. No problem. Um, yep. Anyway, so so that's, that's, how you would, that's how you would do that is you would develop that um, obedience up until that point. And then when you get to that point, you're already primed and ready to go. And I would just say be working on the place, the sit, the stay, the break. Uh, and then if you feel like it's a little too much and there's too much going on for you, your guests, and your dog, put her in the other room in a crate, give her a bone, and that's okay too. Okay. Um, 
and how i guess this is a question i don't know if you, have, you probably have a youtube video on it but just how do you teach the leave it command without the presence of a trigger good question i probably do have yeah I, I do have a video on it um basically what you do is you find something equal or greater right so you would find a ball a toy a treat chicken beef anything that you can say hey i know you want that but you have to disengage and really pay attention to me instead so you would work on slip leash pressure you'd put, so for an example to make it easy you'd throw a bunch of treats on the ground you put the same treats in your pocket, okay? Yep. You'd go up to the treats. Your dog would go, oop, that's mine. She'd lunge. you say, leave it, correction. Leave it, correction. And you get closer, and then she would disengage and recluse away from the treats, and then you'd pay her from your hip, so a secondary re uh, reward area. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the – because okay. that's about the only – unless, again, you're like, all right, let's go out and use everyone as bait. Um, right. <laughs> you don't want to do that. So that's that's how that's the easiest way to start working on leave it unless you start going out to public places, which you could do too. And I and I just think because of where you're at right now, I mean the muzzle mm -hmm. muzzle conditioning wouldn't be a bad idea either to make things safer for you guys. Any muzzles that you recommend brand wise? I like the Baskerville muzzles because they're ex super accessible. You can pretty much get them anywhere, PetSmart, Petco, um, just your local store. Um, they're pretty inexpensive and they're easy to use. Um, and they can t dogs can take treats in them. Um, and they're pretty easy for dogs to breathe. Um, people always say, like in my in my <laughs> in my videos, people are always like, "The dog can bite through that," you know. I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's okay." So, so the Baskervilles have a little area that if the dog really wanted to get to you, they could pinch you, which you're not you're you're not really at that point. I mean, it's not no. like if I have a killer on the leash, I'm just more aware that the dog could pinch me and rip my shirt. But um, those are the best um, okay. that I've seen. Okay, awesome. I'm trying to think of all the other questions. And what I would do if you're going to order those on Amazon or something um, mm -hmm. is just order like two sizes. So you get like okay. for her, you said she's like 40 pounds. Yep. I would get like a three and a, I'd get like a three and a four. So they, I think they go all the way up to five, which are pretty big. I'd get a three and a four and see what fits and whatever doesn't fit, you can send back. Perfect. Um, and then as far as on a leash. Is that just practicing practicing heel in the house? Um, my whole thing yeah. is like I I want her to be able to I think I think I've heard you say this before. Just A just not pull in general. Mm -hmm. Like I don't care if she smells things or whatever, but if other people are around, mm -hmm. I want to be able to have her say heel and have her in a heel so I'm in control yes. of her movement. Yes. What was there sorry, was there a question in there? Yeah, just is that just working in the house with the with the leash pressure and yes yep so it so your leash is your communication your leash is your ability to teach the dog what you want them to do it's it's it, it's like horses right imagine mm -hmm. training a horse without any equipment it, it i don't want to say it's impossible because i'm sure people can do it but it's very close to impossible it's very difficult how are you going to get an animal that innately instinctually and primally wants to do all these things like be protective and guard and blah 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 and just say hey this is what you want what i want you to do differently like a robot it takes a lot of skill set to do that so anyway yes you're going to be using the 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 slip leash and all of your but you have here's the key that everyone misses everyone misses the pre the pre-existing behavioral stuff um so just make sure that all of your behaviors are well before you try to use them Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, I know the question I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Freedom in the house. Mm-hmm. What is your take on that? So as far as structure, because I feel like I see that word everywhere, and I'm always like, what does that mean? Does that mean their whole yeah. day have to be structured? But right. she has to, What's in, like right now, she's in a place or mm-hmm. sit before she releases to eat at her dinner. Um, she sits before we exit the door. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other things. Same with the car. She's not allowed to leave the car until I say so. Um, same with her crate. But like, as far as that otherwise, like freedom in the house, et cetera, structure. <laughs> what is your take? Yeah. Uh, so what, what I would consider structure and what I tell people structure is, is, is really what it comes down to is, is like, okay, so this is the way I put it in your case or in, in, in other cases for the most part is, uh, think about like the structure in military. So very easy things, consequences if you don't do them, even if you're a little bit off. So if you're two minutes off, you're still late and you're still punished. So if I ask you to sit and you just put your butt hovering in the ground and you don't sit, you're still going to get okay. punished. And, you know, so so it's really like think about a – and I'm just going to say this generally, right, just very loose speaking on this is – you get a young man or woman that's kind of lost, doesn't really know what to do. They're kind of like, oh, I don't really know what to do. They may be just fi- trying to figure life out. They go into the military. So some dogs are like that too, right? They're like, I don't know who's in charge. I don't know. I don't respect much people. I don't really have a purpose. I don't have a job. I don't have anything going on, you know, and we've all been there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. And so the military, and I'm just giving you this as a general statement because the military generally people understand is it's a very structured thing, right? Wake up at a certain time, make your bed, shine your boots, mess hall, show up to to this place at this time. Very, hey, very easy stuff. Wake up, make your bed, shine your shoes, whatever, right? Very easy stuff, but it's structured. This is what you have to do. Bing, bang, boom, one after another, on time, on time, on time. Stand up straight. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, etc. So it's very, that's what I would say structure is, is it's very easy stuff kind of compiled into a daily routine. And for dogs, it gives them structure. It gives them a purpose. It gives them definition. Instead of them acting when they feel like they need to act, somebody comes into the door, your dog should be listening and or engaged with you on what do you want me to do? Where a lot of people, that doesn't happen. So in, so structure would be when I ask you to do something, I want you to do it until I release you. I want you to go to your place and I want you to stay. And you're, you're randomly doing that. I mean, you know, and we can dive into why the military is the military, but the reason why they do that is to break you down so you understand fundamentally that you are not in control of the situation. You just need to listen. And then it develops a more respectful, usually a more respectful, um, engaged, like disciplined human because of that. Because they, they basically break them down for six to whatever months. And then the, the human being is like, oh, I wake up on time. I, I do this. I have, I have more goals. I have more, uh, def- you know, all that stuff. So that's kind of like what it is for dogs is like, hey, go to your bed. Yeah, I don't really want to go to my bed. Imagine. Your drill sergeant comes in at 6 a.m. It's like, hey, it's time to get up. I'm tired. I'm sleeping in. Oh, boy, you're in trouble. Big trouble. So just think about that when you're asking your dog to do stuff. Is like, hey, I want you to go to your bed. And in the back of your mind, you know that Cousin Timmy just pulled in, but your dog doesn't know. So when you say go to your bed and they're like thinking about it, that's the problem. 
Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So like when you say you, that's what structure is. So structure doesn't have to, it's not like a, it's not like this scientific, like this is what you have to do every single day or else structure is really just being able to ask your dog to do something. Um, and then then do it on command. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because what I've been so hung up on is like, is structure the um, basically the opposite of freedom. So like, if I'm working from home, which I do, um, and we've already been on a walk, she's been fed, like her walking around the house aimlessly, mm-hmm. or not aimlessly, but whatever, she's on her own terms. Yeah. Like it's just that- when you. It, yeah, I understand. It's just when you. When you say something, that's when it turns on. Gotcha. So that when, makes sense. Yeah, when, when I'm out with my dog for a walk, she can be in front of me the whole time. But the minute I say heel, zoop, she's right there. Yep. That's what it's about. So if your dog is walking around, sleeping on couch to couch and bed to bed, that's totally cool. But the moment, you, that's cool if you have the control. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like, I worked all day, so I'm going to go home and do nothing all day. Okay. Fair enough. That's balance. But if we're doing nothing all day, not listening, and hardly doing anything, it's like, where's the balance here? You know. So, so that's kind of your job is to be able to say, yeah, do what you want. Be a dog. Lay, sleep, play out back, look around. You know, scruff at the people that walk by. Be a dog. But when you say, hey, go to your bed, down, stay, or go to your bed, down, stay. It doesn't really matter how you say it. But my point is, is just being able to have that control is what I would consider structure to be able to teach the dog like, Hey, you got to listen to me. And, and, and only when you turn it on is, is where it matters. So, you, so I understand what you're saying about maybe structure is the opposite of freedom. Not really. Structure is just the ability to turn the training and the listening skills on, on command throughout the day as they're practicing their freedom, <laughs> if you will. That makes sense. Yeah, so you just have to have it. You got to be able to turn it on and off. Yeah, something else I've stopped doing is because what Off Leash Canine did was the way they would teach obedience, at least the one I experienced, is sit, okay, you're not listening, or come, you're not listening, okay, mm-hmm. come, 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 come. And I just, just don't think that works for her. <laughs> so I, I don't think it works for many dogs. I saw that the other day. <laughs> this is like, yeah, I said. Like, I try to only ask for things once. Yeah, I said this on my, um, I have like a members club and I talked about this. There's this, there's this gentleman training downtown of where I live and I just, I was walking and I heard him say heel, 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 or no, I'm sorry. I said, I heard, I heard a woman saying heel, 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 heel. And I turned around and I see this really big, beautiful pit bull and an e-collar and a handler and then what i is am assuming is a trainer that was behind her so this dog was i'm not even kidding this dog was on a this is no joke the dog was on a harness pulling the owner downtown and the owner was saying heel 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 (laughs) and i have i have my wife and my buddy that were with me that kind of still crack up on me about this because i was so aggravated and frustrated and I turn around and I was like, all right, somebody's struggling. And I, and I don't give any unsolicited advice ever. I don't think I've ever been like, hey, I can help you ever. Because I just, that's not, that's not me. If, if you want my advice, this is how we do it. Anyway, 
I turned around and this dog's flinching. Grink, 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 heel, heel. And this dog's neck is just flinching. He doesn't care. So I, I said something for the first time. And I said, I said to her, I said, because I just felt bad. And I, and it, there was an oppor- if, if there was an opportunity window for me to help, I would have. And I would have felt great about it. But I also would have walked away like I did. But she's, so I turned around and I said, does the dog, and I, I said, does the dog know heel? And then the trainer guy came around, grabbed the leash, pulled the dog back and said, yes, but she's kind of, what did he say? Yes, but she's kind of um, aggressive with new people. <laughs> and then I kind of was like, okay. And then he gave the leash back to the handler and then the do- and then the guy told the girl, okay, just let it, let her do what she wants. And then she just pulled her across the street like as the dog is sniffing and then I just hear them going off again, heel, heel, heel. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> good Lord. This is the reason why e-collars get looked at the way that they are. Because if I didn't know anything about dog training or tools in general and I saw this woman getting dragged down Broadway saying heel and the dog's neck flinching, I would be like, you know, like I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what the hell is going on over here? This is crazy. Right. Not only is the dog not listening, but this is unfair. Like, what are you, you're ruining the tool and the dog. And I literally just said, I got in my truck and I said a prayer for, um, you know, I'm not a super religious Aww. man, but I just was like, good Lord. I was like, somebody, please. I just hope it works out for this dog. I felt so bad because it was conflicting for me. Cause I was like, I definitely, yeah, exactly, exactly. I was like, I, I definitely have the ability to step in here and be professional and say, look, here's what I would be doing differently, but I didn't want to, I just, I'm not that guy. But anyway, so long story short is I think that that was a similar situation to what you were dealing with is if the dog doesn't listen, nail him, if the dog doesn't listen, nail him. But like with that scenario and that story, if the dog doesn't know the behavior, their neck's just going to twitch and they're just going to do what they want anyway. Right. And then the e-collar becomes this very um, corrective tool that the dog kind of shies away from. And that's just what most dog trainers who train with the remote collar don't ever want to see. So anyway, I understand what you're saying. And um, I've, I've heard of a lot of companies, not just that particular company, but a lot of companies doing things that way. And it's just... I don't want to say it's wrong, but it's certainly not the way I would do it. Right. And then as far as training sessions throughout the day, mm-hmm. how yeah, long 10, do you think? Yeah, good question. 10, 15 minutes just scattered throughout the day, just peppered right okay. throughout the day as much as you can. Okay, done. And you recommend only inside? Um, Not necessarily. I would say I would. your goal or is to... low distraction areas. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Your goal is Until to, we know she knows them. Yeah, your goal is to gradually go outside. I mean, the, the different environments are your um, levels, right? So, you know, just mm-hmm. like with that dog out with the pit bull, I was like, it was a nightmare because they were trying to teach heel in the most distracted environment, downtown uh, environment possible. The dog didn't know heel. The dog didn't know the e-collar. The handler was out of control pulling on a lead. It was just a nightmare. So don't be that dog owner. <laughs> Or more importantly, um, hopefully take my, because it wasn't her fault and it wasn't the dog's fault. It was the professional that was telling her that she should just be blasting the dog and saying heel as they're pulling them down with harness. It was a nightmare. Anyway. And then another question is in the meantime, like while I'm doing all this training inside, 
prepping for hopefully the March uh, three-day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she obviously still needs to go on walks. Yes. So good question. Do you have a break, man? Yes. Okay. So I, I just talked about this in my latest video with the Shiva Inu I put out today. And I talked about the difference between direction and correction, which is something I haven't really put out before. Um, but I really liked it. Um, so basically, again, okay, so like with Lakota, my dog, remember I was saying she can be, she's t- actually typically when we're on a walk, it's for her enrichment. It's for her to say, get out of the house, go smell new smells. It's That's really what it's for. And right. to be honest, out of respect for my neighbors, I keep her on a leash. I don't have to keep her on a leash because she listens well enough, but I don't, other, my other, na- they don't know wh- how right. her training is. So I don't want to be that guy that has, to, you know, anyway. So my point is, is like with her, when she's off or when she's out with me, she's pretty much in front of me the whole time. Now, if she ever gets to a point where she is pulling for whatever reason, if she smells something, I wouldn't, because she's on her break, because I didn't ask her to do anything, I'll give her direction by kind of giving her a little pullback instead of a correction, because it's not fair, because you've been letting her break this whole time, and then you nail her for doing something that's a millimeter away from something she was okay to do. So the difference between a direction and correction would be just applying a little bit of pressure, to, a little bit of back pressure to get the dog you know, back into line. If you want to get super fancy, I have friends in the competitive world of obedience that have a with me command, which is just a loose leash walk, and then a heel command, which is a more competitive heel, and then a break command. But I'd I don't suggest that for any novice people because it gets kind of confusing. Yeah. But so your break command, you would be applying when you're outside and you're letting her be a dog. Right. Um, and it's doing the best you can to kind of reel her in with positive reinforcement and engagement with food or a ball or a toy. When people or whatever. Correct. So at that point, it would almost be better to avoid the situation just because you're not ready to go head on with it. Exactly. My whole thing was I didn't want to be like he, like the girl down the street with with anything, uh, just try and get her in a heel and she breaks and then just yeah. becomes something where she's like, oh, exactly. well, I don't have to listen to you. Exactly. So set, set her up for success to say, okay, we are not prepared to heal well outside, so I'm going to heal you maybe for five steps and then I'm going to give you a break. And okay. then maybe in three minutes, I'm going to give you another heel exercise, five steps, and then a break. So you can use the heel command outside. Just don't bite off more than you can chew. Right. Okay. That sounds good. Cool. That's all I had. All right, you guys, you have reached the end of the podcast. The first question comes from Ahmed from Dubai, huge fan of the podcast. I learn new things every time I listen and watch the informative videos you put out. Keep it up. Thank you so much. The cases, I have two beagles, one 14 months and one one male 14 months and one female 7 months. I got them the dog dual system for recall and it's very effective. As you know, beagles are slaves to their noses and it's hard to get their attention once they're out. The e-collar works only on level 10 for the female because she's more sensitive than the male, but I can't have two settings for each. How if there's a dog I have to buzz to get to recall from the male? The problem with the female pup is she's too receptive to the e-collar, actually afraid of it. So once we are out, she would not break, meaning she will only want to shadow me rather than sniffing and playing and just be able for the dog to avoid sensitive level on a level five. I know that the total opposition of what you deal with and how can I help my female pup to enjoy the outdoors while being good on the e-collar. I'm happy to chat in the podcast as well. So it's a good question, Ahmed. Uh, What I would suggest is it sounds like the introduction phase may have been a little too high for her. As you know, 
And as I talk about a lot on this podcast and I introduce in person on my YouTube videos is generally when we're introducing the remote collar, of course, what we want is we want the actual uh, e-collar to, to be very, 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 very fun for the dog. And we'd never want them to really be afraid of it. We never want them to shy away from it. Um, so, so it sounds like maybe you've it's kind of like this podcast that you just listened to is maybe some of the e-collar stuff was introduced on a higher level than it should have. So I would pay attention to what we talked about on this podcast and maybe get back down to some of the basics and start maybe reintroduce it in a fun way. But immediately what I would do is I would not use the e-collar stimulation for a while, maybe a couple weeks as you're working with reconditioning the e-collar back in. So turn it off, leave it on the dog, reassociate it, um, and get back down to the very basics and the fundamentals like we talked about on this podcast. That's my, basically, this is what we call collar aware, and that happens often, and that's my two cents on that. That's what I would suggest to start to do. Get back down to the basics, go super low, um, and reintroduce the remote collar as positive as you can. Some dogs are more sensitive to others, in, no matter how low you go, but you really want the e-collar to be associated with fun, positive reinforcement, uh, and all that fun stuff. So that's m- my suggestion for that. Danny9429, I want to say thank you for taking the time to provide me and all the listeners with the dog training and care information. I've been looking for a podcast to listen to and help me grow as a pack leader. I'm glad to say after listening to a few podcasts, I know this podcast will be helpful for my three-year-old American bully pick um, and the growth of your pack. Thank you so much, Danny. Appreciate you. Spotify superior ass. Thanks for putting so much all this content out and helping relationships between dogs and their owners. It's awesome for what you do. I got a new rescue named Nacho after Nacho Libre, and we are not really sure what kind of dog he is. We think he's a shepherd husky mix. Do you think it's worth getting your DNA tested to help with the training, or is it a waste of money? Great question. I mean, it it's something maybe... Hmm, I don't think it's a waste of your money because you're going to know the dog that you have, and I think that that's fun, but you know, knowing the breed really shouldn't change the the direction of your training. So I think if you want to know what the DNA is, yeah, it's worth it. Obviously it's what they do, but I don't think you finding out, Oh, my dog is a chow lab mix. That's not going to change whatever the dog is in front of you already. That's what you have to work with. Um, so yeah, hope that helps. And then we're going to get into some more just because, uh, Danny nine, four, two, nine was just a simple, very nice, authentic review. And I appreciate that. Danny Azara's mom, Tom's podcasts are awesome, educational, informative. I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much. Um, this looks like E-B-S-G-D-V-D-X. You helped me and my dog to get to to get to get now know each other better. Thank you. Thank you for that review. Uh, and then we have Mrs. Rassel, the best podcast for dog training, five-star review. Thank you so much. You share such an amazing knowledge here. Thank you for giving us the content. The question is, I have a year and a half year old female German Shepherd Malinois mix. Her obedience is great and she is e-collar and prong collar trained. The problem is, is when somebody outside approaches us on our walk, we have to have her in a sit and she does the entire time. She will remain in a sit while we walk. That's kind of um, impossible, but maybe you didn't mean that. She will remain in a sit while we talk. That was my bad. My bad. Uh, but she will cry and whine constantly. I don't like her being pet because she gets very overly excited and she continues to cry. And if we pass a dog, she, she heals continuously but whines once the dog gets out of sight. Again, always will remain in a heel. This also happens in the house. If she goes to her place and if people are over, she will cry and whine. 
and bark but remain in her place? Do I correct her with the prong or e-collar for the excessive crying and whining? I don't want her to overcorrect her if she truly doesn't understand being calm, but I know that it might be necessary to calm her down with some sort of correction. I also know her breed is vocal, but it's really bratty behavior because she wants to be pet and get attention. Please help as she's good at impulse control through thresholds, food, etc. Um, but apparently not with attention. Thank you so much. It's a good question. So if your dog is, is whining, I, what I would do is use a little bit of leash pressure in the beginning. So if your dog is doing this out on the walk, I would, I would recommend just using a little bit of leash pressure. Um, and it would be the difference between a little bit of pressure and correction. So with a correction, maybe for healing or something like that, you would pop the collar or pop the leash to, to snap the dog out of something. And I think because this is involuntary behavior of the dog just getting excited and overly stimulated, I don't think it's fair to just, you know, correct a dog for wanting to say hi to somebody. Um, so what I would do is I would just use your leash to give a little bit of pressure. So just kind of hold the leash in your hand and just kind of a little bit of pressure once the dog, I guess it would be um, a bit of negative reinforcement. <clears throat> so you give the dog a little bit of pressure annoyingly. And then when they stop, you release your, your pressure. So I would maybe try that to see if that works. The other thing, um, more importantly, when you're inside, make sure that when your dog is inside, that you're not um, talking to the dog when they start to bind or whine or bark. Because I find that a lot of dogs, once they're inside and they're barking and they're whining and you look at them and say, what's wrong? Or you look at them and say, hey, knock it off. It will make things worse, in my opinion. So just do the best you can to ignore the behavior. And then that may call, um, that would call for possibly maybe a little bit of pressure on the remote collar. Um, but you can maybe start marking a leave it command to transfer it off leash for the remote, but it's really dependent on the dog, but it's tough when you get a dog that's, and I'd have to really see it to, to understand it. But when you get a dog that is, uh, innately, um, or, you know, not really understanding what they're doing, um, sometimes it just kind of squeaks by involuntarily. Um, it's hard to correct that behavior. So I hope that, uh, those help. I hope that um, that information is valuable to you. I wish uh, you the best of luck moving forward. Um, and for those of you who are listening still, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget every Monday and Wednesday the podcast come out. Um, so I'm going to be answering uh, three more questions next week. So make sure you guys tune into next week. If you guys want me to answer your questions, all you have to do is go to the iTunes um, review page and leave a review and your question. And I'll answer it uh, as soon as it gets to that point. Thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you on Wednesday. Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.